You're listening to the You're In That Body podcast, episode number 207. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Welcome back. This is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body podcast, and I have a great episode that I know is going to intrigue many of you today. We are going to talk about the difference between a craving and real hunger. Something that some people think are the same, but they're actually quite different. But before I get to that, I want to make sure that all of you know that the holiday challenge, the Earn That Body holiday challenge that happens every year starts in December 7th. We're doing it early this year, and it's going to be a little different than usual because as I keep saying, it is not a usual year, right? So this is open to anybody who wants to participate in a two-week challenge to help you not put on weight during that hardest holiday month of the year. It is a fantastic all-new workout program called Eat, Move, Love, and it's a two-week build challenge with core videos, cardio workouts, strength workouts, and so much more. It is going to have prizes. It has an incredible group already registered. It's actually more than half sold out. But if you are interested in getting a little extra accountability in December, not gaining weight with holiday eating, and just getting an extra sweat and having some fun, definitely register before the price goes up again. You can go to earnthatbody.com. There's a link right on the front that says holiday challenge, or you can always email me, kim at earnthatbody.com, and I'm happy to send you the details. So did you ever wonder how to tell the difference between a craving and real hunger? Because there really is an important distinction to make for yourself if you're interested in being healthy and especially if you're trying to lose weight. Because cravings will often masquerade as hunger, but they're really something entirely different. And today we are going to look at real hunger versus cravings so we can compare and understand the difference because knowing this information might just help you the next time you are about to invade that cookie jar, all right? So all of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, we are going to talk about our soft drinks deadly. And this is coming from Dr. Andrew Weil. If you don't know Dr. Weil, he is one of my favorites. He is a medical doctor in MD with a completely alternative way of doing medicine, which is right up my alley, right? So he did an article and it says, I don't, or that question that someone sent in, I should say, says, I don't often consume soft drinks, but I was stunned to learn that drinking them consistently can actually kill you. Can you tell me what is in these drinks that are so dangerous? And so Dr. Andrew Weil replies with, you're likely referring to a European study published in September 2019 showing that drinking two or more glasses daily of any kind of soft drink was linked to higher risk of death from all causes compared to that of people who consume fewer than one of these drinks per month. 
The study included almost 452,000 Europeans from 10 different countries. 70% were women whose average age was just over 50. All were followed for an average of 16 years, and the results showed that individuals who drank two or more glasses of sugar-sweetened soft drinks daily had a higher than normal risk of dying from digestive disorders, while those who consumed the same amount of artificially sweetened diet drinks had a higher risk of dying from cardiovascular disease. Consuming the same amount of either type of soda daily, that's regular or diet soda, also was linked to a higher risk of death from Parkinson's disease, but not from Alzheimer's disease or from cancer. None of the participants had cancer, diabetes, heart disease, or stroke before joining the study. Now, alarming as these findings may seem, the conclusion that sodas are unhealthy is definitely not new news. A study from the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health published in March 2019 found that the risk of death from cardiovascular disease and to a lesser extent cancer grew as the amount of sugar-sweetened drinks people consumed increased. Here too, this was particularly true among women. The same study showed that the risk of death dropped slightly when artificially sweetened drinks were substituted for sugary ones. However, drinking four or more artificially sweetened drinks daily also was linked to a higher risk of death among women. These results came from two large studies that included data from 37,000 men in the health professionals follow-up study and over 80,000 women in the nurses health study. The Harvard researchers also found that drinking one to four sugary drinks per month was linked with a 1% increased risk of death while drinking two to six per week was linked with a 6% increase. Drinking one to two sugary drinks daily led to a 14% increased risk while consuming two or more daily was linked to a 21% increased risk. So overall, the Harvard study found that the increased risk of early death associated with consuming sugar-sweetened beverages was higher among women than men, which is so interesting. The authors also noted that earlier studies had found links between consumption of sugar-sweetened beverages and weight gain in addition to higher risks of type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. So yet another study this one was from actually Australia from 2018, found that drinking even one soft drink per day could increase the risk of cancer. And the researchers noted that contrary to what they originally assumed, the sugar, not just the calories, may be to blame for that cancer risk. Here's the bottom line, everyone. We have more than enough evidence to show that sodas of any kind don't belong in a healthy well-balanced diet. So if you are a full-on soda drinker, you don't drink the diet kind, you drink the sugar kind, you gotta stop. Like I don't even think you can limit except maybe like once a month you have one maybe, but they are fully showing from all these different research 
groups. And these groups had a large amount of people. We're not talking about 10 people that they looked at. We are seeing that it is greatly impacting people's health and early death. And the same is true for the diet sodas. Some people think diet soda, zero calories, zero sugar. How about full of artificial ingredients and chemicals and they are literally killing people. And there's something about that diet soda. When I see diet soda drinkers, they don't drink one a day. They drink like five or six a day. So if you're that person who's highly addicted, and trust me, that is what those companies want. Diet soda companies, they want you to be highly addicted, drinking five to six a day. We gotta wean you off of it and we gotta get you off soda because as they said in the article, this is not new news and I don't see this ever changing. So if you're trying to be healthy, you're trying to be fit, you want to live longer, let's wean you off soda. All right, back to the topic at hand. Today we're talking about hunger versus cravings. A lot of my information today comes from Mayo Clinic. I always try to get a valued resource for where I get my information. Let us look at real hunger before we look at cravings, all right? All of you right now are like, I get all these cravings. I know, I know. We all get cravings, right? But let's look at real hunger first so we can compare. Now, hunger is the body's way of letting you know that it actually needs food. Food is fuel. And when you're hungry, your body is saying, hey, hello, hello in there, please feed me. The body is intent on survival. That's all the body wants to do. Did you know that? The body, all it does all day long is try to keep you alive. And so telling you that you're hungry to get you to eat food, that's literally built into our genetic system. And if it wasn't, we would all die. (laughs) Thankfully, we have this in our genetic system. So once we establish that hunger is a normal process, it is a natural process, it is inevitable, and it is extremely important in our body, then we start to see hunger as our friend. We actually need it. We want to feel hungry. We need to feel hungry. And we also need to learn to recognize hunger and work with it appropriately if we do want to be healthy and if we want to live at a healthy weight. If I could tell you how many clients, how many people I have worked with, how many people I have talked to who tell me that they don't want to be hungry, That is their biggest fear because then they think they're just going to overeat and binge eat and they don't want to ever feel hungry. But you don't understand. Hunger is a feeling that we need to have because it's actually telling us something about what our body needs. And our body needs fuel. And if you're hungry, you should not ignore it. Even if you're trying to lose weight, Now you might need to be on a set amount of calories, but like even with all my clients, it is so rare that my my clients tell me that they're hungry because I give them an appropriate amount of calories to lose weight without being hungry because if you're hungry all the time and you're not feeding yourself when hunger is calling your name, that's when your diet fails because your body will always win, meaning it's gonna say, "Mm, 
drop the diet. I'm starving. My blood sugar is so low. Go ahead and eat the candy bar. And that's why you keep quitting and failing your diet because you're not listening to hunger. So hunger is truly a feeling and there are differences in how we experience it. But if you are tuned into your body, you will notice all kinds of different signals, right? And it's a little bit different for everyone, but it's also a little bit the same. Your stomach might feel empty or sort of raw. You might even hear the gurgling or the hunger pangs coming from your stomach, letting you know that you're hungry. And I honestly believe if you hear the hunger grumbling in your stomach, which does happen, you've already gone too far into hunger. You should have eaten a little bit before that. The actual definition of hunger goes like this. The physical sensation of hunger is related to contractions of the stomach muscles. These contractions, sometimes called hunger pangs, once they become severe, are believed triggered by high concentrations of the hormone ghrelin. The hormones peptide double Y and leptin can have an opposite effect on the appetite, causing the sensation of being very full. Now, ghrelin can be released if blood sugar levels get too low, a condition that can result from long periods without eating. Stomach contractions from hunger can be especially severe and even painful in children and even young adults. So that's technically hunger. Now, what do you generally have or feel with hunger? Well, the first thing is it usually occurs when you haven't eaten for several hours or more, all right? After going a long time without food, that's when your body usually starts to show you these signs of hunger. Another thing is it can result in what we said, a rumbling stomach. It can result in a headache or even a feeling of weakness. Hunger generally does not pass with time, and it isn't usually just for one specific food. It can be satisfied by a healthy snack, a healthy meal. It comes on gradually. It's really primarily felt in your stomach. Any food will generally do, and it really is easy to satisfy. If you're hungry, you eat food. So. True hunger is the body's way of letting you know, I need food. And when you feel that way, you will most likely want healthy foods, foods that are gonna satiate you. So I know for me, when I get hungry, I usually want something protein fat. Like that usually is what sounds good to me. Something with peanut butter, something with cheese potentially. Um, and those are healthy fats. Like there's nothing wrong with eating those. And so I generally want that kind of food, like a full turkey sandwich with cheese. And you know, like when I'm hungry, I, I want food. I don't want junk. That I, I know that that doesn't usually make me feel full. So true hunger is usually satisfied with real food versus cookies, candy, cake, ice cream, pie. It just, it doesn't usually go hand in hand with actual hunger. Now let's talk a little bit about cravings, all right? Because a better understanding of these potential food triggers will help you stay on track. They really will. Have you ever noticed that when food temptations strike, it often has more to do with your mood than when you last ate? 
Cravings really do. Cravings are associated with your mood. Hunger is not associated with your mood. If you crave food to relax, to relieve stress, to help with boredom, to soothe anger, or even a lot of people have cravings to cope with loneliness, sadness, anxiety, it happens to people all the time. But those are cravings, not hunger. Indulging in cravings during these emotional times may lead you to eat too many high-calorie, sweet, or fatty foods, and also very salty usually, right? The sweet and salty somehow go together when you're in that mood. Everyone has food cravings at times, and yes, I don't know why, but chocolate is definitely at the top of so many people's lists, including mine. The first step to managing your cravings is really being able to identify when are you truly hungry and when is it actually a craving. Learning how to recognize the difference between a craving and hunger might solve everything right now if you are someone who has been eating sugar like crazy, right? You're just craving sweet things all the time. That's cravings, that's not hunger. And so really getting an understanding and recognizing the difference between this craving and hunger, it might start triggering something in your mind to help slow you down. Now, let's talk a little bit about what usually happens when we have cravings. We don't usually crave healthy food, right? You're not usually craving a salad. It's rare, unless you're hungry, and then it's not a craving. So you're usually craving comfort foods, the chocolate, the sweets, the sugar, the fatty, salty food. Um, Cravings are often caused by negative feelings. It can lead to eating that makes you feel Good for a second, but then what? Then you always feel guilty after. Cravings definitely increase during a woman's pregnancy or during certain parts of her menstrual cycle. Cravings may be really strong if you are dieting improperly because generally if you are doing some kind of fasting diet or extreme diet or fad diet, you are giving up a lot of your favorite foods potentially. You're feeling like you can't have anything. And if you tend to feel deprived, that's when a lot of cravings come up. So I really work hard with my clients so that we can have a balanced diet that still can include some sweet treats, that still can include some cocktails, but in moderation, there's not a hard, no, you can never have this feeling because that itself will create Cravings. Um, Cravings can occur even after you've just eaten. So you just ate dinner and now you're craving sweets, right? That's a craving. You're technically not hungry at that point. Cravings will pass with time. Whereas I said earlier, hunger is not going to pass. Hunger is there until you fix it, right? But cravings will actually pass with time. Cravings also tend to come on very suddenly, whereas hunger comes on over time. Cravings are usually very mental, and it's usually for a very specific food. Like, I am craving chocolate ice cream like right now like no other. You know, I am craving red licorice, and I have to have it. Like, these are the cravings, right? They're for very specific foods, and they're actually really hard to satisfy. 
So you might eat that chocolate ice cream, but then crave something else. You might eat that licorice, but then want something else. Hunger can be satisfied with healthy food. Cravings are very hard to satisfy at all, which is why you tend to eat and keep eating and keep craving and keep eating. So now you're thinking, okay, I see what you're saying, Kim. There's a difference between hunger. There's a difference between cravings. But what do I do? What do I do with this information? If you're that person right now who you're literally like, she's talking to me. I know she wrote this podcast for me. If I'm talking to you, which I'm talking to hundreds and thousands of you, trust me, it's not just you, what can you do with this information? Well, if you check in the next time you are wanting food, I want you to slow down for one moment and ask yourself, am I hungry, like rumbling in my stomach, hunger, or do I want one specific unhealthy food right now? Because usually with that one question, you'll be able to say, okay, that's real hunger, or this is just a craving. And guess what? If you are hungry, if you're like, nope, I'm really hungry, like I want real food, not the garbage food. If you're really hungry, guess what? You need to eat. I don't care. Get off the diet that's making you starving all the time because it ain't working for you. I promise you. If you're hungry, you need to eat. That's your body's red flag talking to you. Generally, you're going to want food that has calories, some fat, some protein. That's going to satiate you. Eat some protein. Eat some healthy fat. Eat some healthy carbs. Get some vegetables in, which are high fiber, because those are the things that are going to fill you up. They're very nutritious. And then you move on. The hunger is now gone. You took care of it. You did something like exercise potentially, burned a bunch of calories, and your body now needs more. So you're feeling hungry because your body needs fuel. So listen to it, all right? Now, if you are craving something, you, you want food, you ask yourself, am I hungry? Am I craving something, one thing? And you go, hmm, this definitely is a craving, I know. It's for one sweet food right now, so it's probably a craving. Then you have to ask yourself, be real clear, am I hungry or am I craving? And if you are craving, ask yourself, are you bored? Are you angry? Are you depressed? Are you frustrated? Are you tired? Are you stressed out? Because often these are the emotions that are going to trigger that craving right off the bat. And basically, you're looking for some kind of instant gratification to fix one of those emotions. And it's never going to fix those emotions, right? So we just finished the 2020 elections. Of course, I never know when you're going to listen to this. It was very stressful. Of course, tons of people ate really bad food because they were craving something to take care of all the stress they were feeling with the elections. But what they all came back to me and said, because half of these people were my clients, I ate all this, I drank all this, it made me feel worse. It didn't take away the stress. It never will, right? So just being conscious and mindful of this reality that it's a craving is going to help you in itself, all right? In one study that was done, people who scored low on mindfulness, we're 34% more likely to be obese than the high scores. So just being mindful 
am I hungry or is this a craving can make a huge difference. Now, what can you do? Well, maybe if you are the person who said, this is a craving, how do I overcome it? Maybe you write down, like literally get a piece of paper out, write craving on top, then write down what emotion you are feeling. All right, be real, like make this an activity for yourself. All right, write down what emotion you are feeling and then write the word action. You have to take one action. That's what I would tell you. With your craving, before you do anything with eating, you have to take one action. Write down what it's gonna be. I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm gonna work out. I'm gonna get out of the house. I'm gonna get away from this kitchen that is calling me. I'm gonna step away from the light, Carrie Ann. (laughs) Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I've aged myself from the movie Poltergeist. Step away from the snack you're craving. Um, And by the way, if you have foods in your house that are unhealthy, that you're constantly craving, get them out of the house. Why would you do that to yourself? Like it is hard enough for any of us to overcome cravings, but if you don't have it in the house, you have taken half the power out of that craving, right? So for me, JoJo's cookies, I don't know if you've had them before, but they're like the healthier version of an Oreo at Trader Joe's. And if you haven't had it, maybe don't (laughs) because it might turn into your next craving. Those are my cravings. And if they're in the house, I'll eat them. It is so much easier for me just to not have JoJo's cookies in the house, okay? So do yourself that favor. If there's something that is really unhealthy that you're craving daily, try not having it in the house. That's gonna help a lot. So you're going to take this action. You're going to go for a walk. You're going to work out. You're going to get away from the kitchen. Whatever it's going to be, right? You're going to call a friend. You're going to read a magazine. Get a book out. Do you knit? Do you have a hobby? Can you go to your garden? You need to get distracted. And then I always recommend to my clients when you have these moments, especially moments that are associated with stress or a negative emotion of some sort, sit down with a hot cup of tea before you eat anything. All right, promise yourself, I'm gonna do these things. I'm gonna be mindful. I'm gonna write my craving down. I'm gonna write the word action. I'm gonna write what action I'm gonna take and then I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna have a hot cup of tea either before or after I take that action. And guess what? Cravings will pass. They do pass, but you have to be willing to put in a little work and resist them. And that might take some time, but cravings do subside. But if you eat JoJo's cookies every day, I promise you, you will crave them every day. And if you cave to the temptation every day, I promise you, you will continue to cave to the temptation every day. It is something that you have to be willing to work on. And these are the tools to go ahead and help work on it. It's not rocket science. It's something that you could definitely do with these basic, simple steps. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not, but I'm saying if you're ready to take action on your health and your weight loss, this is how you have to be able to do it, right? To be healthy and at a good weight, it's really important to pay attention and to be mindful to hunger or cravings, to really be able to say, which one is this? Another thing is, 
in this article that I had, um, I've read several articles on cravings and hunger, but one actually made a really good point. And they said, if zero is completely empty and starving, like you're starving at level zero, and 10 is like you just ate Thanksgiving dinner, so full, so stuffed, it's good to eat when you are at about a two or three or a four. You don't want to get to that zero starving. Two, three, or four. That's about the level when it's time to eat something, all right? Getting too hungry is definitely a setup for a binge situation. And sometimes it's not your fault. Like your body literally has no blood sugar left. And at that point, you have to eat anything quickly to get the blood sugar to raise. And your body's going to grab whatever it can. Now, it's also a very good idea to stop eating when you're at about a seven or eight on that scale. And this is something I haven't really talked a lot about before, but I have to say I've been doing it recently, but not consciously in a sense. But I used to always clear my plate. Like it didn't matter if I was full or what. I always cleared my plate. And I think part of that is that I've been so athletic and so physical for so many years of my life that I always knew I had to eat as many calories as I could to keep up, which is what an athlete really often has to do. But I don't work out like I did before. I don't do Ironmans right now. I'm not training for a marathon right now. And so what I noticed is I don't really eat maxed out anymore. I have really been stopping before my plate is empty. And as they say here, I kind of stop eating when I feel like I'm at a seven or an eight on that scale versus the 10 Thanksgiving, oh my God, I'm so full, but you know you keep eating. Well, guess what? The Japanese call this, this thing where, where you stop eating at a seven or eight, the Japanese call this harahachibu. It says, eat until you are 80% full. And I have to say, I think that is a wonderful guideline. And in order to do that, you have to be a little more present when you eat. Because you have to know and check in, am I even hungry for more right now or am I full? Self-awareness and in particular paying attention to what and why you eat is probably going to be the key to conquering any weight or food addiction issues. And when you do eat, I recommend you avoid distractions. Things like TV, right? Your phone, uh, the computer, eating while you're working. Those distractions do not help you be present at all. So you don't know if you're hungry or if you're just having a craving. You don't know if you're at a zero or a 10 on fullness, right? It's really important to be very present when you eat. Think about the food. What does it taste like? What's the texture? You can actually chew slowly. Um, Try using your non-dominant hand. Have you ever done that? Try using your left hand to eat. Like change it up in the sense that you're present while you're eating and your head is not elsewhere. And another thing, stop to take a breath between bites because that also really helps. It slows slows you down and maybe gets you to that point where you're breathing that you go, oh, I am a seven to eight on fullness right now. I probably could put my fork down and save these leftovers for tomorrow. And let's face it, there's nothing better than the leftovers for lunch the next day that are ready to go, right? So I truly believe the first step of crushing these cravings is recognizing them. Ask, are you hungry? 
Ask, do I want one food right now? Really figure out that distinction. Ask if you're feeling a particular emotion. Or for women, even ask, are you at a certain point in your menstrual cycle? And if you are, in fact, craving something and you recognize that it's a craving, you have two options. You can basically say, screw it and go ahead and eat the craving. And I can tell you right now, you're not taking action. You're not going to lose the weight. You're going to feel guilty after and you're going to keep listening to podcasts like this and looking for articles and looking for tricks, but you're never taking action, right? So you have that choice or you can just simply take action. You can write it down like I talked about. You can go for the walk, the workout, go do your hobby, have the hot tea, try everything because a craving will pass. So give it time so that your craving stops being an addiction and that truly does take time. Just like it took time to make it an addiction, right? If you were having something over and over and over and now you're addicted to it, that didn't happen in one day. Just like it takes time to lose weight, right? You didn't put all that weight on in three weeks. So don't expect it to come off in three weeks, all right? It takes time. And I know for me, these steps are truly helpful. And yeah, sometimes I give into a craving. It's not that I don't ever have the JoJo's cookie because I definitely do. But on the whole, I don't have cravings all the time. I don't give in to them all the time. I like the way I feel when I eat healthy and balanced. And for sure, if you're trying to lose weight and you want to feel great, like you're living your best life, then you do have to have some control. And you don't want to constantly feel like you're out of control with the sugar, the alcohol, and the unhealthy foods. So this might be a great step one for you to take some control back by just simply figuring out, are you hungry or is this a craving? So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope it was a valuable lesson with some real tools that you can put into play, definitely give this podcast episode a share on social media if you found it helpful so that we can try to help other people as well because it is my goal with the Earn That Body podcast to pay health forward, to reach as many people as I can, to truly empower people to be fit and healthy. Now, don't forget, go sign up for the holiday challenge. Go to earnthatbody.com. And also, if you ever have any questions about any of my programs, you can reach out to me directly so I can help you figure out what is the best program for you. Just email me at kim at earnthatbody.com. I hope you have a fantastic week and keep wearing that mask. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com. Or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.